The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to episode 98 of... Yeah, it's that bad. My name is Joel. I'm Martin. And I'm Kevin. This is a show that looks at supposedly bad movies and asks the question, is it really that bad? And what that boils down to is that we look at movies that are run around tomatoes and reevaluate that score. Does it really deserve to be that low? Tonight's movie is 2010's The Warrior's Way, directed by Sung Moo Lee, starring Zhang Dong-gun, Kate Bosworth, Jeffrey Rush, Danny Huston, and Tony Cox. The Warrior's Way is a 2010 fantasy action film. This movie currently holds a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. How about a plot synopsis? Yang, the world's finest swordsman, packs it in and leaves Japan to find an old friend in the Wild West rather than kill the infant queen of a rival clan. He carries the baby to his friend's desolate, broken-down town. The friend has died, so Yang reopens a laundry and settles down, hanging wet clothes, growing flowers, raising the infant, and finding himself attracted to Lin, a red-haired woman with a tragic past. As long as Yang keeps his sword sheathed, his rivals won't find him, but a band of reprobate gunmen terrorize the town and threaten Lin. Showdowns are inevitable, but once the sword is drawn, can Yang find rest, a home, and a family? Okay, The Warrior's Way. Tonight's movie was sponsored by Corey. Corey writes in and says, Hey, I just donated $50. Would love to have you guys review The Warrior's Way. To me, a great movie that somehow only has 30% on Rotten Tomatoes and was one of the biggest box office bombs of 2010. In my opinion, this movie is pure awesome. Can't wait to hear what you guys think of it. All right, guys, The Warrior's Way. What is your history with this? I didn't even know this movie existed. <laughs> I remember the commercials in pretty good detail, just like... Yeah, I saw the, remember the trailers in the theater. Yeah, just these ninjas descending from, like, another dimension onto, like, the Wild West. It's just bizarre. That, but that's really all I remember about it. Okay, let's do what we always do at the top of the show. We'll discuss the actors one by one, and we'll see how you thought they did. First up, Yang Dong Gun, the hero. This guy I, has- I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I probably am- Butchering it? Yeah, mutilating <laughs> it. Oh, well, I'm just a stupid Yankee doodle. What do I know? This guy didn't really have too many lines in this movie. I think he maybe had like 10 complete lines in this movie. Four. Th- this should have been a full-blown Korean movie where he got to speak in Korean, just subtitled it because his English wasn't as good as it could have. How about that? I didn't have any problems understanding him the <laughs> four times he spoke. I had great difficulty- I remember yeah, there's this one scene where Martin and I were watching this. There's a scene where he's talking to Kate Bosworth and they talk for like five minutes straight. And when the scene was over, we both looked at each other. And we were like, what did they, either of them say? <laughs> I, we, we had no idea what. Man, I couldn't even say Kate Bosworth. <laughs> I didn't have any trouble. Kate Bosworth's accent was. Yeah, let's just jump Let's jump right Kate in. Bosworth. She looked like she smelled so bad in this movie. <laughs> She looks so dirty. Does he judge their acting prowess? Yeah, that's exactly it. She's terrible. Kevin. Yeah, she was not good. She was overacting like crazy in this movie. Yeah, I agree with that. I am not a fan of the Kate Bosworth. She's very pretty. No, she is. She's a beautiful young woman. But it was almost like her movements were even exasperated. And it was unnecessary. It it gave it like this comedic feel, which didn't really mesh with the rest of the acting in the movie. I honestly couldn't remember any other Kate Bosworth movies I've ever seen her Superman Returns. She was Lois Lane in Superman. 
Superman Returns. Oh, she was in Blue Crush. She got crushed in that movie, remember? And uh, oh, she, was a, she was student in background in an episode of Seventh Heaven. You remember that? Yeah, that student in the background scene. Whoo, man, she was hot. showstopper, heart stopper, almost as good as Woman in Sub. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she ended her career on a high note as woman in sub. Okay, Kate Bosworth, Martin, what'd you think? I thought that she was over the top. Her accent, though, came out of, came out of the void, came I- out of the abyss. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, like haunted me this entire movie. It was really bad. Yeah, it was really annoying. I'm trying to think back. Did she maintain the accent the whole way through? Or did she drop it? During <laughs> she the dropped style? it. No, she dropped it. came it. and went at will. <laughs> Perfect storm syndrome. Yep. Why does that happen? How? Why? How? Why, like, how no one you... else had an accent, right? Wasn't no. she like the only one? No, no. one else. Why do directors let actors and actresses get away with it? They gotta. They gotta drop the hammer and be like, look, either do it the whole way and do it right, or no accent. Just don't do it. Yeah, because the accent that she had in this movie was awful. How do you describe it? Like what it was supposed to be? Like a country fried rube kind of hick. Thing. Yeah, yeah. And then by the end of it, she's talking like she's the Queen of England. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she was speaking the Queen's English. Yeah. <laughs> it was really great. She was very refined. I don't know. Kevin, you're absolutely right, though. She looked like she was onerous. O- onerous stenches. <laughs> Evil, Evil odors. odors emanating from her body. <laughs> yeah, that like directly she... affects her acting skills. <laughs> she looked like she rolled around in, in like, cow patties. Manure. Poor road apples. <laughs> road apples. Okay, next up, Jeffrey Rush. What is this guy doing here? What's the matter, Kevin? What is he doing in this movie? Yeah, he does not have this movie. I was like, well, Jeffrey Rush... <laughs> What happened? <laughs> what happened to your career? He, I like Jeffrey Rush. I think he's a really good actor. I think he was good in this role, but he didn't belong here. And he was wasting his time. Yeah. Totally wasting his time. Yeah, pin me, pay me. Oh, hey. He's getting that money, signing those checks. Yeah, I can't blame him. <laughs> He's trying to get on the ground floor of the South Korean yeah, cinema yeah, takeover he, yeah, of the this, world. Yeah, this is about to blow up. In the same year, he was in The Warrior's Way and The King's Speech. What do you make of that? I don't know what to make of that. I mean, he was nominated for an Oscar for that role, wasn't he? According to this list, he was nominated for 10,000 awards. <laughs> <laughs> Even a Saturn Award. Like, it's a <laughs> Kids' Choice Award. Yeah, he was nominated for 45 Kids' Choice Awards and Teen Choice Awards. Okay, and finally, Danny Huston, or Houston. Houston. Houston, yeah, Houston Street. Houston Street. What did you guys think of the bad guy, the colonel? He reminded me of Heath Ledger's portrayal of the Joker, like the way he talked and the way he moved around after he scarred his face, but just not anywhere near as good. <laughs> It's like, it's what he was going for and it didn't work. Whoa, this dude was in the number 23. To triumphant return. Triumphant return, Danny Huston, Houston, Houston. I remember he was the uh, the doctor guy, right? Yep. <laughs> Movie. His well, his acting was was okay. Yeah, it was all right. It was all right. It was par. He. I have a problem with the choice that they went with for covering his face with like a leather. What was that? A pleather. Pro, a prosthetic face. It look, make him look like a pig man. <laughs> man. Man. <laughs> oh, like Twilight Zone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, that's pretty much it. I am not giving any awards out this year for best actor or actresses from this movie. Hmm. It pains me to say. Oh wait. No, your actresses. You're talking about baby, also, right? Oh, the baby, cutest baby. That baby was a number one. Kevin, okay. probably the best acting in the movie. Yeah, best baby performance I've ever seen. That might have been. That's the, probably right. That was probably the cutest on-screen baby I've seen since Baby Geniuses two. Baby Geniuses one. There you go. Yeah, you're a purist. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's get into the brief history of the Warriors' Way. And when I say brief, I do mean brief. Martin, you did the notes. What insights do you have? <laughs> 
There was not much to glean from uh, the history of this movie. I guess they play it real close to the chest over there in South Korea. Okay, Kevin, this movie had a $42 million budget. How much did it make worldwide? $42 million U.S. Yeah. dollars? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The baby. <laughs> Was Jeffrey Rush $32 million? <laughs> yeah, Kate Bosworth. What did they make? $10 million. That's pretty good. It made $11 million. Really? It was one of the biggest box office bombs of 2010 alongside McGruber and Jonah Hex. Good Wait, company. I, I'm, in I, good company. In, Dennis Quaid. I might as well say it right now. This movie is very similar to Jonah Hex in the way it looks. You, you seen that? I never saw it. Oh, that's pretty much it. That's the shortest <laughs> history segment of the all time. Is how much it costs and how much it made. Now there's like you gotta follow the money, Kevin. Right, always follow the money. That's true. <laughs> you of all people should know this. Okay, the Warriors' way. This movie starts off in typical yes, that bad fashion with a little narration, sweet voiceover. Oh, so good. A little Jeffrey Rush action tickling my eardrums. What'd you think? I don't understand this guy's accent either. <laughs> Where, where was he supposed to be? Where is he from? Yeah, because I, I feel like part of it, it was like he was narrating from like medieval times into <laughs> like the Wild West. That's a good point. Yeah. I just didn't understand what was happening. It was so confusing. And then <laughs> these words would fly onto the screen. Oh God, it was so confusing. This is one of the oddest intros to a movie I think I've ever seen. Well, this movie starts off with Jeffrey Rush talking about a killer with empty eyes. And we get a close up of our hero's face and he's like a ninja assassin guy and the very first shot in this movie is his dull expressionless face he throws a knife at what we think is the camera and it hits himself in the head and it just like splashes with water it looked so comical i started laughing like violently right (laughs) the very first scene in the movie i just started explosively laughing he throws a knife at himself yeah joel you just burst out laughing because the, the knife looks like it's it just looks incredibly fake so right off the bat this movie is trying to do a speed racer kind of thing where all the backgrounds are fake. Clearly, right? It's all CG backgrounds. Oh, yeah. This is one of those Sky Captain movies where everything is fake and these people are just walking around and dancing around on a blue screen. What'd you think of the look of this? Movie? I hated it. What about it? They were going for this super stylized world. It just looks so cartoonish and fake. It looked like a video game. Everything in this movie looked like a video game. Yeah, to me. it did. I'll say this. It definitely did look fake and it does look like video game. That's a fact. But there were certain moments in it where, like, visually, it looked pretty. It yeah, looked good. I Especially like the, the skies. The, the, the mm-hmm. skies look great. Yeah, I like a lot of the stuff that they did. I liked. I like the people that we meet later on in the movie, the way they all look. I thought that was pretty good. I didn't like it. It was too over the top for me. You know what? Yeah, it, it was really intense. Just, I guess we're just not at a place where you can do an entire background and the entire world CG and have real blend. I just, this isn't my cup of tea. I don't like this super stylized stuff. Like, Speed Racer, I didn't enjoy. I don't like that kind of that stuff. That's just me. I got the sense that this is supposed to be a live action anime because it really felt like it all the stuff that's in this movie it did even the way that the characters were moving around when they were fighting yeah the physics were just out though there just weren't any right power ranger style yeah it was crazier than that our hero is a ninja assassin swordsman this is taking place in i don't know the feudal era japan i have no idea when this is supposed to be 1850 i don't know i have no and he's the world's greatest swordsman as the movie tells us he's fighting all these other assassins and kevin how's he beat them he swings the sword maybe one or two times and somehow cuts the heads off of like eight guys. It's all taken like a lot of these moves 
moves and a lot of like the scenes were directed in the same way that like Samurai X is directed. That Rurouni Kenshin? (laughs) (laughs) It's the same time period. Well, Kevin, they do like a Scott Pilgrim-esque thing where the world's greatest swordsman shows up and like this text floats onto the screen on World's greatest swordsman ever. Yeah, and then our hero slaughters this guy and then the text moves from that guy onto him and he becomes the world's greatest server. What'd you think of this sort of thing? The text part was kind of cool, I guess, but you're right. It was very Scott Pilgrim. It was cartoonish, comical almost, but this movie isn't. It's a, an action movie. It, it felt out of place. If you're going to do something like that, like a zombie land kind of thing where the text starts interacting with the movie, it should happen more than once. Yeah. If you're going to do this, go all the way. Yeah. Either that or just don't do it at all. It, it, it bothered me. I mean, what, were we halfway through the movie and I'm like, hey, Joel, where did all that text go? We're not doing that anymore? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You can't bring it up. You wouldn't shut up about the text. Oh, where's the text? What font do you think that was? What point was it? Do you think it was 10 point, 10 point? So this also starts my biggest problem with this movie. He goes up against the world's greatest swordsman. Ever. Ever. <laughs> he runs at him. He attacks him with the sword with a very simple move. The other guy just gets cut and stabbed and he dies. Everyone else sucks. He's okay, right? Like they didn't put his sword ability on display here. He was just doing normal moves. Yeah. I didn't see him do anything spectacular with that sword. Everyone else was just running at him with their sword up in the air like an idiot. And that's why they'd get killed. Samurai Showdown. I didn't want to see him do anything impressive with Samurai a sword. Samurai Shampoo. All right, you want to Samurai Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. <laughs> well done. You wanted to see some real impressive sword play. Like if this I was, didn't see any. Uh, this thing is inspired by the Matrix. Can we say that? I mean, it's not the future, it's not whatever, but like a lot of the movement and the fighting. Yeah. This, if there was no Matrix, we wouldn't have this movie. I think it's safe to say. It is. But okay, in that movie, we got to see them do fancy footwork and yep. fighting. So it really sets them up. I see your point where in this movie, he's just a regular swordsman. As far as we're concerned, as the audience. Audience. I don't see him do anything spectacular. Yeah, he's just fast, I guess. It's insinuated but it's that in he's, slow motion. Yeah, but there's scenes where it's insinuated that it's so fast. Can't even see. <laughs> <laughs> like the intro scene, he kills eight guys. It looked like he teleported from one end of that row of people to the to the other and just like blood comes out. That happens twice maybe in this movie. The rest of the sword fights are all in slow motion. Yeah, so your pathetic human eyes can follow it. Very Snack Snyder-ish. Yeah, I guess. Our hero slaughters an entire clan rival group. You know, he has a hostile takeover, little Darwinian assassination. (laughs) (laughs) And he slaughters all these guys. And oh, there's one last person left to kill on his hit list. It's a baby. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, I guess it was all right. This baby was so cute. Cutest baby I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's pretty cute. This little chubby Asian girl baby. Best baby ever. (laughs) She's laughing. She's smiling. Giggling. Yep, baby's great. Yeah. This This is a five out of five baby. My wife fell asleep in the middle of this movie. But up until that point, she was enjoying the movie just because of the baby. Well, our hero decides that he's had enough of killing. No, just had enough. No more blood on his hands for one reason or the other. I guess he just didn't want to kill a baby. That's too far, right? His clan told him to kill the baby. He wouldn't do it. Yes. So he takes the baby on as his apprentice or whatever. The way he's carrying this baby through the woods, it's like he's (laughs) choking it by the neck. (laughs) Like it's a dog or something and walking around with it. It looked like he was carrying a, a gallon of milk. Yeah. Like a sack of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> 
there was one point where he had like a hobo sack, like yeah. a stick. Yeah, a bindle stick. <laughs> so our heroes clan the sad flutes. Which, by the way, what did you think of this as a name for a, an assassin's guild? It's terrible. I wouldn't be intimidated by a group called the Sats. I would I'd probably giggle a little bit. The Crips and the Bloods would run the sad flutes out of town <laughs> in no time. MS-13? <laughs> the world's most dangerous gang? <laughs> We should probably keep the gang bashing to a minimum. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're great. I love them. <laughs> I love them. Mr. T, they're awesome. Don't kill me, please. All right. So our hero decides to uh, go meet an old friend out west so he can get away from this awful lifestyle of uh, live by the sword, die by the sword, blood follows blood, but whatever. He goes on a journey with the baby. We see him getting on these little misadventures and mishaps, comedic entanglements with like little old lady. He's in like a like a diner, get some snacks. Jersey diner. He's in, yeah, yeah. He's in a New Jersey style diner in 1850s Japan. And he's getting, you know. Disco dip, fries. Yeah, di- he's getting <laughs> French fries with mozzarella cheese and gravy. Yeah, he's chowing down. This little old lady comes up and. She is actually assassin. Oh, mm. I didn't see that coming. I was shocked. He did though. Because he is the he greatest. He slaughtered that he's old the lady. the world's greatest swordsman ever. Yeah, he killed her so fast. With the chopsticks. So he did something that's going to get repeated quite a bit in this movie after he killed this woman, he starts a, a fire. He's a, you know, he's he's an arsonist. He's a pyromaniac. Yeah, a fire starter. He just, he burns everything. Prodigy. Fan <laughs> <laughs> <Out> of the land. <laughs> So he goes off to America, just teleports to America. Land of the free, home of the brave. Don't tread on me, Kevin. He was going there for the great job opportunities, understandable. Yeah, he goes to this arid desert that looks like death valley. Nothing could possibly grow in this place. Yeah, we have this ramshackle group of carnival performers living in this town. Carnival. Yeah, it looks just like carnival. I guess they were miners. I don't know. They look like a mixture of like a mining town, plus a wild west town, plus Cirque du Soleil people. (laughs) living in one place. It was a mining town and the gold was gone, right? It got all mined. So then they were tr- they all turned to circus performances trying to get money. That's not happening. Well, oh. they gotta build their Ferris wheel first. Yeah, then everybody will come. You know, we got the triumphant return of one of Yes That Bad's favorites. He was one of the little guys from Willow. Remember him? Mm-hmm. Sure do. He has a penchant for grabbing male genitalia. <laughs> I, alright, so there's a character called Eight Ball and he, I guess he comes upon um, the main character here getting, uh, getting a little rough and tumble with the local hooligans and he comes right in and he uh he grabs their uh their testiculars somehow there's three guys in here as far as i know this this person only has two arms (laughs) but he definitely grabbed all three of their nuts yeah that's what it looks like right and when he grabs people's balls it makes a sound effect like bones are snapping (laughs) 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 and he's he's holding out to all three of their balls at the same time it sounds like he's crushing a head of cabbage right well it's like (laughs) That's what they call him eight balls. He can hold up the four <laughs> men's nuts at the same time. <laughs> So Eight Ball starts talking to our hero and our guy, he's looking for his friend who had run the laundromat. The laundromat, basically. And he's like, here, it's yours. Take it over. Go ahead. So now this guy is, he's going to go in the laundry business. Yeah, from assassin to washing underwear. These people need some laundry. They're filthy. Everyone in this town is filthy, dirty, and stinky. A lot of unnecessary character interactions go on in this movie from this point on. We got a How the West Was Fun montage. 
montage of him dancing around and getting to know all these people Why? and all this stuff. Why do I care? You know, it feels as if 35,000 minutes have gone by up to this point. Yep. Nothing has happened in this movie at all. And nothing happens at all until the end of this movie. Yeah. This movie has a beginning and an end. And the middle is just... Garbage. Yeah. It is boring and pointless. So boring. I had flashbacks to Buckaroo Banzai while I was watching this. Yeah. What do you think, Kevin? <sighs> I mean, it's, it's not irreverently stupid, but it's really boring. I'm going to say that this movie is a snooze fest. It was putting me to sleep. Yeah. Martin and I were sitting next to each other while we were watching this, and we were fighting every urge to cuddle up and take a nap. <laughs> we fell asleep. We started resting our, our, our heads on each other's shoulders. Yeah, he started drooling on me. I was like, Martin, Martin wake, 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 wake up. Wake up. Hello. Come on, sleephead. <laughs> <laughs> so we meet all the people in this town. They're all circus performers. They're working on building their Ferris wheel. That's their big ticket to success. I don't even remember this part of the movie. <laughs> I'm going to be completely honest. Like, like, I know that the Ferris wheel was in the town, but I didn't know that that's why they had it there. <laughs> I thought that was just part of the circus. Yeah, they're still building it. It's not done yet. I didn't even realize that. Isn't it awesome to think that that actually happened, right? There was a period in time when a Ferris wheel was a main attraction. People would actually go out of their way to ride the Ferris wheel. Because that was invented around that time period, right? For the World's Fair, whatever. Ferris wheels suck. I disagree. Yeah? Yeah, it's great for dates. Here's the thing. Whenever I'm on a Ferris wheel, or a sky ride for that matter, the same principle applies. I'm always in there with some jackass like Martin who's jumping up and down and making it sway back and forth. get scared. I'm a little baby boy. <laughs> There's one at Niagara Falls, which is kind of cool. Because when you're at the Does top, it like go you can into the fall? All... Yeah, it goes into it the fall. It's, it's the waterfall. It's part of the waterfall. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone drowns on it. <laughs> Our hero, he's getting into a little love affair with Kate Bosworth. He's starting to fall for her. You know, Is he? Or is she just like forcing him? Yeah, I don't think he was falling for her. I don't think he had any emotion at any point in this movie. He was super deadpan. Co-signed. Yeah. He has no emotions. No life behind his eyes. He's a robot. But she was getting a little hot and heavy. He's the only clean guy in town. Yeah, he's the only show in town. Yeah. The only show with clean clothes. Well, she kind of worms her way into his life. And he becomes really curious about her. So he goes up to our buddy 8-Ball and he's like, what's her story? And we get a beautiful flashback sequence. Oh, man, I hate this. Okay, so apparently when she was a very little girl. Knee high to a bug's eye? Yeah, as tall as the corn grows. What? (laughs) Tall can grow pretty high. Yeah. Corn can grow as high as... Does this make any sense? I don't know. I thought thought that we were doing like really old sayings. Does it corn grow as high as as an elephant's eye? Yeah. I thought as tall as a kid. That that makes tons of sense. Kids got that big back then. Okay, so essentially the town gets held up by a group of thieves. Yeah, this happened 20 years ago. Were they thieves? I thought they were soldiers. Yeah, they look like Civil War guys turned into bandits. They're banditos. Were they amigos? Three amigos. Okay. All right, so they're going around pillaging all the towns in the area, just taking whatever they want and terrifying the inhabitants of wherever they go. And I sure hate to be pillaged. (laughs) (laughs) Ha 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 ha! 
Okay, so it, the scene cuts to their leader. I guess they just call him Colonel, right? Colonel. Colonel. They have the woman's father under the, literally under the heel of his boot. And um, essentially a fight breaks out. The girl gets shot. Her father runs over. He gets shot. The mother gets, everyone gets shot. <laughs> okay. And the girl, for some reason, she was shot straight through the back, through the chest. It, it looked like it would have went through her heart. Well, you're missing one pretty key detail here, Martino. You're skipping what's rapidly becoming another yes, that bad staple. Rape. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to talk about hot oil to the face. That too. <laughs> that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they capture this girl and they throw her, I guess, into the colonel's quarters. He's cooking, I don't know, potato wedges and oil. And he's going to make some disco fries. Yeah, he's going to make some <laughs> disco fries. He's got the mozzarella <laughs> cooked up. <laughs> what? I mean, like... There's 10 guys and they're going to rape her. She throws oil on his face, runs out, and that's why he shoots her, her father, her mother, her brother, her uncle, every person in the carnival, whatever. He shoots everyone. Yeah, he gets that hot oil to the face, burns the skin off his face. That you was pretty would, sweet. You think it would kill someone, right? They would die of infection? Uh, Back then? Back then, yeah. Hmm. That's a good question. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say absolutely, positively, definitely. I'm going to say that this movie is probably 100% medically accurate. Oh, all right. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Dr. Right, right, Laser. Right. <laughs> right, okay, I'm gonna retract my original statement. <laughs> So what I don't understand though is she gets shot what looks like in the back through the heart and then they have this really corny super close up of her face as they pan away she starts to cry because her father has died she cries with single droplet blood and Joel guffawed <laughs> I like explosively laughed it was it was stupid it was it was just stupid Kevin yeah I mean if if you got shot through the back like that today you'd probably be dead let alone in the 1800s with a no doctor or anything. Well, I mean... The doctor was still the barber at this point in time. (laughs) What's really important to note is that, I mean, Martin, you can agree that only a weakling cries blood over their dead father's body. (laughs) Oh, only a weak, weak, weak woman would cry. (laughs) Yeah, Saw taught me that. Over her dead father. I thought this was really, really, really confusing to me because the way this is set up is in the flashback, this family that gets terrorized by the colonel, they have an older daughter and a baby, okay? The baby lives through this debacle. No, it right. didn't. What are you talking about? They shot it? Yeah, there was two gunshots. I didn't even pick that up. I didn't see that either. I was, I could have sworn that baby lived. No, there was two gunshots and you were, they didn't show it. They're not going to show a baby getting shot. As far as I'm concerned, the, the way it was cut, I get that must have happened really fast because I missed it. To me, I went th- the whole movie thinking that Kate Bosworth was the baby and then at the end of the movie, it, they finally cleared it up and they were like, no, she used the little girl that got shot in the back. I was confused by the same thing. I thought that yeah, Kate Yeah, me, Martin and I both, we were like, huh? I wasn't confused at all. The mother is holding the baby and she runs over to the father and you hear two gunshots. Once this flashback is over, we cut to Kate Bosworth and our hero having some private time, having some training montages, learning how to fight, learning how to throw knives. Kevin, what'd you think? Some knife dancing. Yeah. That's pretty sweet, right? All this knife dancing, training montage, dancing, sword fighting in the desert. Very SWAT-esque. Yeah, this is all well and good, but I remember thinking to myself, what is the point of this movie? Like, this is all nice and everything and it's taken up like 30 minutes of my time but what is the point of this movie <laughs> nothing has happened they have no chemistry no none zero aniston butler level it, it's it's it, redefining it i think whoa. he doesn't even talk to her <laughs> he barely looks at her <laughs> 
She's just super horny. That's all it boils down to, right? He's Isn't that what every story boils down to? What? The woman is super horny <laughs> yes. and the guy's like, eh, what? I can <laughs> take it why, or leave it. That, that's why it's a man's job to show restraint. <laughs> Yeah, that's every romantic comedy ever made <laughs> is that plot. The woman is the hyper-aggressive one. And the man's like, oh, I don't know, maybe. Oh, no, I must show restraint. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did you think of all the knife throwing? I was bored, in a word. Yeah, there, I mean, like, nothing <laughs> of... If I had to sum it up in one word... <laughs> Not boring. This not, movie's so boring. Nothing of value is happening at this point in the movie, so you might as well just fast forward it. But it's not do. even cool, right? No, it's not. It's not even There's exciting. nothing to progress the story, nor is there anything cool. No, there's just no value to it. But the very next scene, we get a phenomenal view of what's going on from his original clan. They're coming over to America, and they're following him, and they've massacred every single person on this boat. We get a phenomenal blood boat scene where they're <laughs> traveling across the ocean, and they've killed so many people that the ocean is literally changed red <laughs> behind the boat. They would have had to slaughter like a million people oh, no. for that much blood. <laughs> that ship looks so small. <laughs> it was like a rowboat it was like, with like five people in it. And, and, like, Gale. and it's just it's traveling across the ocean and there's just like a trail of blood behind I'm like, wow. There must be 10 trillion sharks <laughs> chasing after that. <laughs> Well, during this whole scene, we, we had this one shot where our hero and Kate Bosworth are screwing around at night after dark in the desert. I actually like the way this looks visually, like the nighttime and the sand and stuff, fake desert that they're in. Kate Bosworth forces herself upon this guy, essentially, mm-hmm. and kisses him violently on the lips. And the force of her kiss has so much power, it bends time and space around them. What'd you think of this? He looked like he, he was going to cut his lips off after the kiss was over. He looked bored. He looked as bored as I felt. Yeah. He was not happy about that kiss. Can you imagine if you're a girl, you had a huge crush on some guy and you're like, this is it. This is my moment. And you grab him and you give him the most impassioned kiss of your life. And then you look back at him and he has this deadpan (laughs) stare. He's not even looking at you. That would crush you, right? He At di- this point, I didn't know. I was like, is he into her? What's, what's happening here? He, he just dies from boredom. <laughs> he literally kills him. <laughs> he flat lies after the kiss. <laughs> just dies. That's That's got to be horrible. I, I can't imagine that happening. No reaction whatsoever to your kiss. Okay, so after that scene, we get another flashback. This movie is chock full of flashbacks. Flashbacks and montages to pad out the runtime between the opening and closing fight. All right, so we're going to get a little bit of our hero's origin story. And apparently he was trained on Mount Everest. (laughs) (laughs) He was trained to the same spot that Batman was trained. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I was thinking that too. And then then he was given a dog. It's the only friend he's ever had. Puppy. And then I guess like at the end of his training, he has to kill this dog. Yeah, his master tells him, listen, buddy, you want to become a ninja. You got to kill your only friend. You got to hollow man that dog. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this little kid he You knows, to kill him With your bare hands Yeah that kid knows Exactly what he's talking about He picks up the dog <laughs> He goes wow Kevin more puppy murder What'd you think I, Why do they do this It's, it's a really cute little puppy It's like the 20th movie We've seen on this show With puppy murder It's such an easy Plot device to show This person doesn't care About life It's so freaking lazy We can't come up With a better way To get an emotional response Out of an audience Other than killing dogs It works doesn't it Got you riled up Right Got your blood bubbling You're angry right now You're angry at him. When I was watching it, I was just like, oh, yeah, here we go again. <laughs> as soon as I saw that puppy, I was like, this puppy's dead. 
There's no way this puppy's gonna live. And it's just, it's irritating. Like, this movie sucks the emotion out of you. And then they, they throw something like this in just to try and get an emotional response from you. But it's not going to work. Hmm. It got an emotional response out of me. You want an awesome puppy-killing story that's almost identical to this movie? You ever see Surviving the Game starring Ice Cube yeah. or Ice-T? Which or one? Cube or T? Which one? I forget which, but the awesome one. They're two very distinct and different people. The one who's the cooler one. Ice-T. Yeah, it's him and Gar- Gary Busey tells a story about his dad for forcing him to kill a dog just like this wait which, was that gary Busey's real life was it like yeah he just telling a story from his own life <laughs> <laughs> i highly recommend that so kate bosworth she sees our guy's sword in his closet she's looking at it, she's like this is pretty cool but it's sealed what's going on here why is it sealed and he's like gotta keep the ghosts or voices or something the song in sings. here the song that it sings will attract whatever yeah my my enemies will hear the sword if it's unsheathed i thought it was just like an allegory like that he was saying if i unsheath that and kill people they'll hear of my exploits exploits oh, that's pretty good actually me. yeah that no, makes sense I, it's actually literal and i'm like okay, logical uh, okay that's like a good allegory for what you do with that sword okay but no no that's not what he means <laughs> not even close instead like when he his master's in japan or something and when he unsheathes the sword like his master like, <gasps> like opens his eyes as if he can hear it so stupid our friend who got his face burnt off earlier the rapist the child rapist mm. him and his buddies they come back they start raising hell they show up on christmas yep as all the circus folk are celebrating the holiday so they roll in and the the rapist he starts looking over the town's women he's looking for someone new to rape this is the ha- most haggard lineup of women i've ever seen in my life yeah it's it's not going good he it's bizarre the way he's doing it. he's checking their teeth well most of these women have like no teeth or they have like wooden rotted teeth right but i don't i just don't get it. i i i would imagine at that point in time a lot of people just have bad teeth yeah like everyone is that his way of checking who's like the youngest don't look a gift horse in the mouth kevin <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Colonel Rapist finds um a a woman who has a really fine pair of chompers and he's like, You're the one, I'm I choose you, Pikachu. And it turns out that she her husband steps forward, he's like, No, you can't. She's married, I'm her husband, and he's like, Oh wow, you're right. My moral platitudes are going to keep me from raping your wife because she's taken the vow of marriage. He lets her run back to her husband, but think again. What happened, Kevin? He shoots them, kills them right on the spot. Yeah, great. I was like, what, what's, what's happening here? This is so stupid. So they had two daughters that come mm. running over. And he's like, oh, I didn't know there were daughters here. So he has them brought upstairs. They are in a tub being like bathed. Yeah, like prepared. Yeah, it was kind of weird. So Kate Bosworth, she bursts in. She's wearing her, her, her best prom prostitute outfit i guess and she starts flirting with the colonel rapist and she's like come on you want me you don't want those other girls so she gets him alone in the room and when she goes to attack him he already has his gun drawn on her he said he knew it was her from the moment he smelt her or licked her or something yeah he's like i'll never forget that scent i'm like what what does that even mean that's so weird she probably smells so bad yeah that's gotta be what it is she is it her bo it's gotta be your bo because there's 
<laughs> so he he remembers her foul stench. It's at that point that our hero jumps out. People are going down. People are getting slaughtered. Everybody's running around. They're trying to do their best, the best they can to kill him. They're obviously no match for this guy. This guy's a killing machine. Yeah, he slaughters a whole room of these guys in like two seconds. He goes to kill Colonel Rapist and Kate Bosworth jumps in. She's like, no, he's mine to kill. And he's like, okay, fine. That doesn't go well. No, it was never going to end well. So he grabs her. He jumps out the window and uses her, her as a shield <laughs> lands on her. And it's like a pretty sweet move. That's an awesome move. But <laughs> so then it's like, oh my God, are you okay? She's like, yeah, I'm all right. I'm like, no, no, you're not. She falls from like 15 feet up with a grown man on her <laughs> and lands on the ground. It's not like she landed on like a bed of roses. She landed on like salt, salt pan. It's <laughs> like, it was another day of wine and roses. Yeah. For him, pure <laughs> pizza. So <laughs> So he gets away. Yeah, he gets away. Colonel Rapist, he's free to rape again. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God he's free to do that. Yeah, they. she thought that she finally drew her knife and her aim was true. But it turned out that, oh no, double cross. What wasn't Colonel Rapist. It was another guy. Okay, so Colonel Rapist gets away. He's going to reform his, uh, I guess, his army to come back <laughs> and take over the town. I don't know where he's getting these people from. Just like the army in the pirate movie. Where are these people coming from? <laughs> Why do they care? I kept thinking this to myself. Like, <laughs> the general amasses this army, and these people are getting slaughtered. They're, they're going to get slaughtered left and right. Yeah. Why do they care? Why are they so invested in this cause? What could this rapist have said to them <laughs> that really, you know, gets, <laughs> gets them to follow this? He's promised them free rides on the Ferris wheel. Ah, okay, okay. Colonel Rapist comes back with his rape brigade, and they charge of the rape brigade. <laughs> The light rape brigade. <laughs> <laughs> A little culture for you, Martin. <laughs> you gotta crack open a book and once in a while. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Okay, so... Yeah, everyone knows they're coming back. Right. So they prepare. They prepare. They get dynamite, guns, which were, apparently were buried. That's Terminator, right? Terminator did I didn't did understand this. this at all. Were they buried in Kate Bosworth's father's grave? That's what it appeared to me. <laughs> wow, you were really paying attention. <laughs> it looked like they were digging up his grave. At this point in the movie, I didn't care so much. <laughs> That I didn't. It's a sort of inverse wave where <laughs> yeah. you, you didn't care so much. It wrapped around and you really started caring. Yeah, it was. <laughs> things got intense at this part because I cared so little, so much. <laughs> they pull a sniper rifle out. Yeah. The, the scope on that thing was made out of solid gold. Lucky for us, Jeffrey Rush happens to be an army sharpshooter. Yeah, yeah. He he was just as good as Mark Wahlberg and shooter. They set up a plan where they're, he's going to shoot dynamite at the time when this army that Colonel Rapist has amassed is going to storm their town and this all comes to fruition they're slaughtering them everything's going well heroes chopping people up it's working well but uh-oh i guess um our hero's past has come finally caught up to him can somebody explain how these people landed on the tops of the the houses there yeah the where do they sad come flutes drop down from heaven they on all fly. the rooftops they can fly is that it like they're able to fly it's crouching tiger rules it really is with them they yeah. they the way they fight it's crouching tiger style mm-hmm. okay so the 
these people fly from their ship, I guess, and land on the on the roof. And at this point, I'm like, wow, these cowboys are they're essentially screwed because you can't fight a group of men that can fly, right? I mean, there's no shot. This is what we've been waiting for this whole time, right? This East meets West battle of the sexes. <laughs> East meets West, North meets South. Yeah, brother yes, against brother. Everybody just fighting each other. Black versus white. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Up versus down. Well, we had this huge battle royale and the ninjas are slaughtering everybody left and right. The cowboys actually do get a couple kills in, which I was surprised to see. They actually got a bunch of them with that Gatling gun they had there. Yeah, all right. So this one guy puts a Gatling gun on his shoulder and the other guy just fires <laughs> and holds it down for 20 minutes straight. A, you're dead for life. Oh, yeah. B, it's, it's going to burn right through you, right? Yeah. That Gatling gun should have just melted, right? <laughs> <laughs> it should have melted right through his shoulder and cut that guy in half. <laughs> what I like about this, though, is that they kill this guy, but the Gatling gun keeps firing while his dead corpse is flopping around on the ground, and it just rotates around killing everybody. That's pretty good. You gotta give him that. Yeah, great. Kevin, what did you think of this big battle scene? My biggest problem with this was Jeffrey Rush, he's perched up at the top of the Ferris wheel. 10 billion miles above orbit. He's shooting the dynamite. He's setting them off. That's all pretty cool. But then the bad cowboy guys, they start climbing up the ferris wheel and like all right it's time to get out of here they jump out and light the ferris wheel on fire i, I, I was thinking the same thing and they blow up the ferris wheel i was thinking the same that thing was their, the livelihood yep. that was the key to success yeah they didn't have to do that why did they do that it looks cool well you heard jeffrey rush going yeehaw as he <laughs> slid down right that's hey, pretty good he's having the time of his life <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, finally we get this battle scene. It's just, it, I've seen this stuff before. I've seen this stuff on TV shows. This isn't what I was hoping for. Nickelodeon TV shows? Yeah, Nickelodeon. Or... Martin, was this battle as exciting to you as the giant battle at the end of Willow was? <laughs> yeah, they're on par. <laughs> they are. These battles are on par. That's a really good, a really good comparison you made there. I think at this point, I cared even less than I did before, if that was even possible, which I didn't think it was. So, but so- something really strange happens at the end. After all of these characters are killed and murdered, which is extremely predictable, which is another reason I just did care. He faces off with his master, and when they're fighting, it goes from inside a hotel. Yeah, they're talking to each other leisurely indoors. And then all of a sudden, they're on top of a sand dune. It jump cuts to them outside. As if they were like, come outside, bro. We'll talk later. And then they just cordially step outside together. And then it does it again. They're fighting outside, and then it turns to like feudal Japan in the rain. How did that happen? Yeah, it was completely sunny. And then uh, 0.1 seconds later... It's pouring. Is that is that something that happens in South Korean movies that I'm just not used to? Where they, it's just it's insinuated that that's a flashback to like some other time. Yeah, I assume that was a flashback. That was a flashback. It, it had to be because it, they're in the desert and it was the sun was setting. Like there's, I have no idea. Like it's as if we got to see them fight for the first time and then we cut to the end of the fight we didn't see. Right in the which present, is, which is a different outcome this time around versus yeah, the great. other time around. You know, what, like, either way, it sucked. Yeah, yeah. We were blown away when no, he killed that guy. No, this is boring. This is the big final fight. It's yeah. boring. Final fight. So, final fight guy. Right. So... <laughs> Well, let me ask you this, Kevin, because Martin and I watch it together. You watch it separate. There's a part in this big battle scene that really had Martin and I scratching our heads. Our hero is fighting a ninja and he uses his iron that he uses to press the laundry with to deflect a sword. And Kate Bosworth is there with the baby. It got super slow-mo during this scene, which made sense because he's fighting the ninja with his sword and it's slow-mo. But then all of a sudden it got really choppy. Yes. To the, to the point where we were yeah. like, is there something wrong with the video? Yeah, I noticed that too. Did they just like run out of money? It was almost 
almost like they were like jumping frames. So that's actually in the movie. Yeah, that's the it movie. It looks like a mistake. That, it looks like an error. It was like jittery. Yeah. Yeah, it, it wasn't good. We actually rewound it because we thought that it was just... Yeah, I wanted to make sure that like it was, not, was the video. Not, not you watched the DVD? No, we watched it on uh, Netflix. On Instant, right? Yeah. yeah so I thought there was something wrong with it buffering. Mm-mm. Oh, mine was like that too. And it's, it's a weird stylistic choice for this movie because sword fighting, you'd assume would be like a smooth fight. Yes. Like you, you want everything to be smooth and that was jittery. I, I think that, that has to be like an error in production. Something happened because like there's no way that that was done on purpose. So here we are at the end of the movie and our hero decides that he's done killing <laughs> yet again. <he's laughs> again. Have you killed a million people again? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll cry when I'm done killing, he says. And then he takes the baby and he's like, hey, Kate Bosworth, you look like uh, an old maid spinster. You'll never have a kid on your own. Here, you take this one. He's a, I have a spare baby here. Take it. Later. And it just leaves. Kate Bosworth is left with the baby. Our hero leaves. He goes to Antarctica to hang out with Kate Beckinsale and Whiteout, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. And, and then the movie ends with him burning down his... <laughs> <laughs> hot and then a billion ninja assassins burst out of the frozen tundra frozen ocean kevin you must love that i'm surprised he didn't burn the town down before he left yeah because <laughs> everything everywhere else he leaves he burns yeah i was like what's, what's happened here like this turned into the last airbender all it, of a sudden it really did with those ninjas like popping out of the ice it was just extra stupid yeah so that was the warrior's way let's find out what the real critics had to say about this movie The Warrior's Way is a horribly ill-conceived idea that tries to blend Eastern and Western cinema, but all it ends up doing is creating a disaster that's filled to the brim with enough cliches to make your head spin. Jeff Beck, Examiner.com. There isn't a shred of subtlety in their clowning or in any part of the movie, which clumsily shoots for operatic highs and lows. But with so many borrowed bits and pieces, the only feeling it successfully evokes is deja vu. Starting on <laughs> Adam Markovitz, Entertainment Weekly. And finally, simple video game style action sequences with bad dialogue. Michael Black, ReviewExpress.com. Okay, this movie currently holds a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes, but is it really that bad? Come on, guys. Is it really that bad? Come on. This movie is terrible. It, I, I feel like every week we just keep getting hit with terrible movies. Last week wasn't so bad, but... It was surprising, right? Yeah. That was a movie I was dreading the most. Yeah, I thought it was going to be the worst. And it, it wasn't that bad. But, oh man, we jumped right back in. <laughs> I was expecting this to be... Okay. Yeah. And, and entertaining. And this was t- unbearable. <laughs> oh man. All right, so let's just do it, you know, piece by piece. Acting, all right, that's not there. Coherent plot and storyline, no. Dialogue, well, there's no acting, so there's definitely no dialogue. Is there a story or a point to this movie? No. It's just, <laughs> it's just I'm sitting watching moving pictures that don't even look real. They just look fake. It looks like I'm watching like a video game cutscene with a really ri- poorly written story. It's it's boring, and um, I just I didn't care. So you're trying to tell me it's no Metal Gear Solid Two Sons of Liberty? Yeah. This movie gets a solid one out of five. For me, yeah, it's that bad. I am going to drop a people's elbow. Whoa! As I give this a rock bottom one out of five. (laughs) (laughs) This movie was just so boring. It's kind of like a fart. It stinks. And then five minutes after it's over, you like forget all about it. This was like, I had trouble even remembering what was in this movie. What poetry. (laughs) Wow, you could be top critic. This movie is like a fart. (laughs) 
It's like a rancid fart. It hits you hard and fast. <laughs> it's hard and fast. <laughs> and then it fades away. But then it fades away and you forget it ever happened. <laughs> I, Kevin, I just like <laughs> from yes that Pentagon. I was struggling to, to even think of things to talk about today. The only good thing in this movie was the baby was cute. That's a terrible strength to have in a movie. That what was. if your movie is Baby's Day Out? <laughs> then it's a really good strength. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for me, it's really that bad. Yes, it is. What a surprise. I wanted this movie to be good. I was rooting for it. So when I saw that it was coming up in the schedule, I was like, oh, The Warrior's Way. This could be interesting. I remember the trailers. It looked like fun. I like Speed Racer. You know, I'm for these fake background movies. Sky Captain's okay. You know? Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a stretch. It's, yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's pending review. Okay. <laughs> But I was on this movie's side. Like, I wanted it to succeed. But at the end of the day, it is extremely boring. I felt so detached from it. I was just, like, staring at it. I wasn't really watching it. And I was getting bored. I was going to fall asleep watching it. Like, I got drowsy. It was, it was crazy. Like, I was drinking NyQuil all day or something. That's what it <laughs> felt like. I did not enjoy this movie. I'm going to give it a 2 out of 5 because I like the visuals. I think some of the things they did in it were visually appealing. That's it. Kevin, no? I didn't like the visuals. I don't like this fake world stuff. I just don't like it. I like the visuals, but like a movie can't exist and stand solely on its own merits, like as far as visuals go. I mean, it might as well just be a film reel for somebody trying to work at... Hey, it worked for Star Wars episodes one through three. Yeah, that's something... It did? did? It did. (laughs) What? See, like, it, it, it might as well have just been, like, an animation house's, like, f- like promo reel, if that's, like, all it's going on. It wasn't cool. I know that's a weird thing to say, but, like, like Tron Legacy, that exists, that was all fake, right? Yeah. But it was cool. At least I could enjoy that part of it. Look, it had fake visuals. It had real heart. That's a really good movie. This movie had zero heart, right? Yep. Was there any heart in this movie? No heart. Okay, let's read some listener mail. Amanda writes in and says, hey, guys, I love your show. It makes my card trip so much more enjoyable. I'm a fairly recent convert, but I was compelled to write in about Watchmen. I'm sure you probably got 900 billion letters about this one, so I'll try to keep it brief. I actually liked Carla Gugino as Silk Spectre. Besides from the pancaked-on-old lady makeup, the book version of Sally is nice, but I really liked Carla's bitter old queen act. This is a woman who I can believe would push her daughter into crime fighting to reclaim some of her own lost glory. Plus, how much fun is it to say things are tough all over, Cupcake, in her over-the-top sarcastic inflection to whiny people. All of it, all of the fun. But to completely shift gears, let's talk about the attempted rape scene. I have heard a lot of people complain that it is way too brutal compared to the book, but I think it gets a pass from me. When David Fincher directed Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, I remember reading an article about how he managed to do something very difficult for film, which is make rape look unsexy. Does rape usually look sexy on film? I don't I don't, I don't personally think so. think so. Zack Snyder, bless his heart, is not in the same league of director as David Fincher, so while Fincher could create this intense feeling of dread and disgust by using oppressive sounds, lighting, acting, blah, 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 Snyder resorted to what he can do, which is brutal violence. So in that way, it works. The audience is not turned on, they are horrified. And the audience needs to be horrified for the latter plot twist to have any emotional impact. Oh, and the 99 Luft Balloons is about nuclear war, so even if the tone was a bit goofy, you gotta give props for meshing with time period and theme. All in all, this movie is one of my guilty pleasures, and I just 
just fast forward through that awful sex scene. P.S. Watchmen contains the first penis my friend Christine ever saw in her life. Oh, what a blessed event. Wow. Unfortunately, no man's ever going to measure up to that. Yeah, it's a shame, right? Yeah. Margaret writes in and says, Hey guys, getting ready to celebrate my first winter Christmas. My first few months in the United States so far have been good. After listening to your Watchmen episode, I decided to read the graphic novel myself to see if it really is as good as you guys say it is. I actually got so engrossed in the book that I spent a whole day reading it. Are there any other really good graphic novels you would recommend? Take care, Margaret. Well, Kevin, you got some news on this front. I'm currently reading Kingdom Come, which is which is pretty good. I'm not done yet, so I can't give an official recommendation, but yeah. I'm enjoying it so far. Midnight Nation's a really good graphic novel. It's one of my favorites. Immediately, my mind went to Preacher, but that's not a graphic novel. That's like a whole no, it's a series. series yeah. which you can buy in like little chunks. Sandman you can get kind of in novel. But again, that's a series. Oh, Superman Red Sun. Right. Okay, Justin writes in and says, Hey, yes, that bad team. I don't think I've written in since I robot when I tried to inform Dennis Quaid of your show through his son's friend. But I've been listening and bring more tidings of Quaid. A buddy of mine sent me this and it made my day. I thought I'd share it with you. This clip features some of Quaid's finest non-acting dates. This little YouTube clip here. Uh, keep up the great work. I've really been loving some of the more geeky references you've been leaving in lately. Laughing Man, Ghost, Pokemon, etc. Fun times. For a question inspired by this geekiness and your last movie, Watchmen, which DC superhero would you most likely be, either want to be, or are most like? I would peg Joel as Booster Gold for the upbeat <laughs> attitude. <laughs> Affinity for merchandising himself. <laughs> oh man, that's hard. And reliance on superior Behringer technology <laughs> to simulate superpowers. Martin as Dr. Fate for his sick fascination. The occult. <laughs> pretty good. And Kevin as Aqualad just because. <laughs> Thoughts? Yeah. Yours in beef, Justin. Alright, anybody but Batman or Superman. Flash. You want to be the fastest man? Yeah, absolutely. Mm, Mr. Terrific. Why? So you can control the watchtower? Yeah, I'm just gonna hang up in the watchtower. I don't want to do anything. Superhero static shock. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Who would I really be? I would, I would be a Mezo. Oh, you're going all the way. Yeah, I'm gonna be a, a god. <laughs> Might as well just go all the way. Yeah, I'm Dr. Manhattan. Kevin, you, you want to be a uh, Dazzler, right? <laughs> no. Jubilee? That's Marvel. Leech. Yeah, Marvel. I'm jumping over. I'm crossing yeah, over. No, no, John Edwards. You specifically you said can. DC. You said DC. Don't jump over. Stop it. <laughs> You're backing yourself. <laughs> You're tearing this family apart. You are. Can we be villains? Why not? You want to be Dark Side? <laughs> you know it. Remember when I drew that picture of Dark Side's face? I do remember that. <laughs> oh man, that was awesome. Okay, well, I'll ponder this some more later. I'm Scott Dan. Free. I'm Dan Turpin. All right. All right. The world yeah. doesn't need a Superman, just a brave one. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> going to start tearing up. Okay, Joe writes in and says, Hi guys, long time, first time here. I was recently listening to your Watchmen episode and it sounds like all three of you are fans of graphic novels. If you are... I was wanting to know if you have all seen and read V for Vendetta. Your thoughts on it? Are there any other graphic novels that you would like to be seen made into a movie? I haven't read V for Vendetta, but that is at my local library, so I could pick that up. You should read it. It's good. It's yes. Very, it's very good. Yeah, well, you should wait until we see the movie first, because that's coming up in the schedule. Mm-hmm. Joel, you have a very specific opinion about that. I like it. Yeah. A lot. And I saw the movie first before I read the book. In college, I read Watchmen, Dark Knight Returns, and V for Vendetta, like back to 
to back. And that's another one that we forgot to mention before. Dark Knight Returns. That's a that's worth your time reading. If you can get that, Kevin, you should read that too. I've read that. Oh yeah? Yeah. I like year one too. Year one's good. I think I like year one better than Dark Knight Returns. Mm. It's Ill, it, it looks better. Yeah. I don't know. Frank Miller's stylistic interesting. Graphic novel to movie? I read the graphic novel also after I saw them. And that's the way to go, because they're very different. They they are, but they're both good. Both really good um in their own right. I mean, story-wise, I think I like the graphic novel better. It's fl- it, uh, just a lot more is fleshed out. It can flesh out a lot more. It has a much wider time frame to do in it. Yeah, it's got more fleshy bits for you to latch yeah, yeah, onto. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot more graphic. And you want to see into a movie? I have this mental block right now. I can't think of any of the... I've read so many of these things. I can't think of one off the top of my head. I'd like to see a boys movie. Yeah, see, but that's not a graphic novel. It's like a series. Like, yeah, like I said, like Preacher would be awesome as a movie, but... Walking yeah. Dead is like put into volumes. Danny writes in and says, Hey, so I have a question for you guys. Would you ever consider doing a reversed episode where you review a critically acclaimed movie, but one that you actually don't like? In episode four of After Dark, you sort of touched on this, and I, like you guys, dislike some of the movies you mentioned. Most notably was 2001 A Space Odyssey, but I'm not particularly fond of Taxi Driver or Citizen Kane either. I thought it'd be really cool if you could do a review on one of them. I'm sure there are many other Yes That Bad listeners who would love to hear something like this. Oh, and I have to say, I recently discovered your podcast several months ago among the billions of other movie podcasts out there, and yours is by far the best. Keep it up. You guys want to review Slumdog Millionaire? I, I really like Slumdog Millionaire. <laughs> what about uh, Million Dollar Baby? Oh. That's a good movie. Oh. I mean, that's just the, yeah, it's that good concept, right? Yeah. Take it to its extreme. Yeah, we, yeah. I don't know, maybe, someday. It might come up. Yeah, who knows? I mean, if there's a if there's a good movie to do it with, I don't see why not. It sounds interesting. Yeah. Okay, Ryan from San Antonio writes in and says, I've heard you guys perform this scream in the past months. I found this while looking for the commonly used sound effects of kids laughing, the one used in Natural Born Killers, Annie, and a commercial in GTA Vice City. Though Wilhelm is one that stands above the rest, there are so many other overused sound effects effects that can really distract the viewer from the movie it's put into. Do the filmmakers think we won't notice? Is it an inside joke that the Wilhelm scream once was? Can't they just record fresh new sounds? The crowd gasp that's in the What Stays in Vegas trailer is my least favorite that I'm sure to hear in hell. Can you think of any other overused sound effects as familiar as those and Wilhelm? That gasp he's talking about, I know exactly what he's talking about. Same here, I can hear it in my head right now. It's in so many trailers. And it's always for trailers for stupid comedies where they do this thing in the trailer where it's like someone does something dumb or offensive in the trailer and then everybody goes, ah! and, and then like the sound effects just cut and the music stops and everyone's like, ah! you know, that, that awful sound effect. I and, and I know the kids laughing sound effect too, because it was in Deja Vu with Denzel Washington. And if you want to hear it, it's in the trailer for Southland Tales as well. What do you think of the stock footage uh, sound effects we hear all the time? I mean, yeah! I mean, we love that. I don't really have a problem with it. Sometimes it does. It takes me it out. It does take me it out. It takes me out completely when I'm I hear like, these things. I'm like, oh, that's a stock sound. It's and it's ridiculous. It's not doing it its doesn't job, right? Me that way. Like the sound effect isn't doing its job. If it takes you out of the move and you're like, oh, ha ha ha, there's that stupid thing. I'm tired of the Wilhelm scream too. I'm tired of hearing that stupid thing in every movie, like Watchmen and the 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 Wilhelm scream is so noticeable at this point because it's so widely used. It's just like it's just a mockery of itself. I think at the point when I hear it. Okay, D- 
Dylan writes in and says, I'm a new listener to your podcast from Vancouver, Canada. I love how you have so much fun together. Almost makes me feel like I'm there sitting around a table with you guys. Good job, guys. Four out of five because I'm not actually there. Also, I like how you guys talk about how beefy guys are. The way you gushed over Ryan Reynolds' beefy body in the Amityville Horror was amazing. It kind of gave me a chub. I first came across you... <laughs> Your podcast when I was... I first came across your podcast when I was doing some research on Constantine. Now that's the kind of research I'm all for. I wonder if that was sanctioned by like a college. He's doing it to get his PhD. This is all personal. No, research. no, no. Somebody gave the school money. Yeah, the government's funding the this government's research. Funding Constantine. Constantine research. What are we gonna do if the Antichrist comes? I have to agree with you. Tilda Swinton is the best thing in every movie she's in. I would watch a whole movie just following around Gabriel Tilda Swinton. My fantasy would be to have a face-off between Gabriel Tilda Swinton and White Witch Tilda Swinton from Narnia. If you could have a face-off between any two characters played by the same actor, what would be the pairing? I have a suggestion for a movie you could review, the 1994 classic movie adaptation of Street Fighter. Keep up the good work. Well, don't worry, that's coming up in the future. Okay, a pairing of one actor, two different roles. Go. Robert De Niro from Limitless versus Robert De Niro from Meet the Fockers. I thought that'd, that'd be interesting. Jim Caviezel from Frequency versus Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Who would win? <laughs> they could both like manipulate time and space, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm sure, well, Jesus could like, God, he could do anything, but I don't know if that's one of his known powers. <laughs> Kevin, 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 <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Klein. Wild, wild, wild. Yeah, wild, 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 Kevin Klein versus In and Out. <laughs> Who can gender bend the hardest? <laughs> Let's find out. <laughs> Okay, John writes in, and uh, he has some nice words to say. He says that uh, he's listened to uh, 10 billion other podcasts, but when he listened to ours, he really liked it. I love what you guys do. Also, Kevin, you don't get enough love. I have a solution. Considering the fact that you sound like Lewis Tomlinson from One Direction, you should embark on a singing career and steal the hearts of millions of women. It also works for your wife because she will suddenly be the envy of all these women. Think about it. Who? <laughs> You don't know about One Direction? No. I guarantee you've heard their hit single a hundred thousand times. Yesterday alone. I'm not. (laughs) I don't know who this is. Okay, I'll I'll leave it a mystery. And finally, Scott writes in and says, Hi guys, my name is Scott and I am one of the many fans from Australia. I'm 14 and have been listening to your podcast since the beginning of the year. You guys are the funniest movie reviewers I've heard. And yes, that bad is my favorite podcast because you always make me laugh. I really like all the anime references that Martin makes, especially the Dragon Ball Z ones. I decided to try my hand at drawing him because I just picture Martin being so badass. Whenever Martin isn't on the show, I just reckon that the Twilight fans have multiplied and he's out on the front line of the Yes That Bad World headquarters, fighting off the hordes with his Taurus judge and machine gun. I don't think Martin actually owns a t-shirt because all that beefiness just incinerates it. And he must show off his epic Constantine tattoo at all times. I'm still not totally sure what Joel and Kevin look like, but maybe I'll figure it out in the future. You guys really make my week. Thanks, Scott. Martin, you saw this pic. What'd you think? Yeah, that's the closest to how I look so far of all the drawings. Okay, thanks for those emails, guys. If you want to contact us you you can't anymore <laughs> it's over yeah, those days are done good luck <laughs> good luck bro good luck you'll never find us now <laughs> 
If you want to contact us, you can send us a question at yeah, it's that bad at gmail.com. What if they just want to send a statement? I'm done with statements. I want questions. <laughs> what about exclamations? <laughs> Declarations. What if they want to yell at you? (laughs) As long as it's in question format, I'm okay. All right. Okay, now it's time for the question of the week. And in honor of this week's listener mail segment, when everybody had the same thoughts on their mind, (laughs) what graphic novel would you like to see made into a movie? Head on over to yesthatbad.com. Leave a comment on this episode's page with your answer. <laughs> now it's time to announce next week's movie and in honor of episode 99 we're returning to the world of forks washington oh, to the next installment of bella swan and the twilight saga breaking dawn kevin you part ready? one new moon four <laughs> eclipse two kevin is beside himself so happy <laughs> you look ecstatic what was the one before this? Eclipse. That one wasn't terrible. No, it wasn't. The one before, the new moon was before that. Yep. That nearly killed me. That was garbage. This is going to destroy you. <laughs> I've already seen it. Ego death. You're not going <laughs> to exist anymore. No, yeah, yeah. You're you're going to, you're not going to know. empty shell, a husk. No, that's not what ego death is. I want him to be no more. Oh, <laughs> yeah, just regular death. <laughs> 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 So, tune in next week when we'll be watching The Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn, Part 1. First sequence. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you've heard, please consider subscribing. We have a new episode every Tuesday. Please leave us a positive review on iTunes. Those five-star reviews really do help out the show. Please help spread the word of the show to all your friends by liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash bad. You can follow the show on Twitter at yeah, it's bad. You can follow Marta, yeah, it's Marta. You can follow Kevin, yeah, it's Kev. You can listen to the show on all your mobile devices via Stitcher. Don't forget, you can still get our premium podcast episodes at yeahitsthatbad.bandcamp.com. Okay, thanks for listening to the show. See you next time. Which I was surprised to see. Like, Colonel Rapist kills one of the cowboys. Mm-hmm. I guess ninjas? Just, Cur- Colonel Rapist kills one of the ninjas. Ninjas, he's a cowboy. Our friend Colonel Rapist killed one of the cowboys. <laughs> ah! <laughs>